NBC's Comic Book Workshop, brought to you by Panel by Panel Magazine and our lovely supporters on Patreon. I'm Jason Hammonds, a writer who also draws. And I'm Ken Heidelman, an artist who also writes. We're both making comics while still learning how to make comics. After digging through libraries, the internet, and fighting Abraham Lincoln for his precious knowledge on making comics... We thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. Awesome. Jason, what is on the agenda for this episode? Uh, for this episode, Kent, uh, we've got an interview that you conducted, actually. Uh, uh, a nice nice little interview uh, with the associate publisher of IDW. Please uh, t- tell us more about this interview. When did uh, how, how did this all go down? Did you uh, go on down to the IDW headquarters to conduct this one? I did, actually. I met David Hedgecock, uh, the associate publisher at IEW, uh, at Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we met, we talked, uh, talked to him about comics, uh, and one of the things I discussed with him was maybe doing an interview, and he was happy enough to do it. It was very, very generous of him, and he also uh, said I could come down to the headquarters since I was local, mm. uh, to San Diego, California, and so I headed down there, did the interview. It was awesome. I hope everyone enjoys it. It was Really, really fun going there. David is like a wealth of knowledge. He could do his own podcast easily uh, with just how much he knows and loves about the medium. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, and uh, after uh, we hear from David Hedgecock is, uh, in, in Kent's interview, we'll have our, our typical ad break where you hear from all the people who pay the bills for us. And then we'll hear from Alex Wills, a writer who has self-published a comic called Oasis. Um, I think that there's two great perspectives here on the world of creating comics um, and and the career of of creating comics, really. Uh, So I think you'll dig both interviews, and I think they'll both provide two very interesting angles on the uh, the, career and and, uh, the path to creating comics. Uh, So let's get it started now with David Hedgecock. So you have a, a pretty deep uh, position here at IW. You're the associate publisher here. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, before that, you were the editor-in-chief, and before that, managing editor here. But let's go way back. How did you first get into the industry? Um, oh, God. Do you want the whole history? Um, as long or I, short as you want. Yeah. I, I came into the comic book scene. Um, I wanted to be an illustrator. Uh, oh, cool. And uh, so got a degree from UC San Diego in illustration um, and then worked several years as a freelance artist, um, eventually making enough money as a freelance artist. That, that was my full-time gig. That's amazing. Was it in comics or was it some uh, uh, like a commercial? A little bit of comic books, a lot of just like commercial art stuff, a lot of ad work, a lot of um, – I did a lot of uh, role-playing game uh, work, what? illustration work. That's and awesome. I did – a lot of t-shirt design work um, and then a little bit of comic book stuff. Comic books was always what I wanted to do, but um, getting the chops to do a full page of illust- you know comic book illustration and storytelling and all that takes a lot more than just being able to des- draw a cool figure for a t-shirt and exactly. design something up. So uh, I was starting to get into a little more and more into the comic book illustration side, which was my ultimate goal. And then, at a certain point, that got kind of derailed, and I sort of went into the business side of things. Um, so sort of get, hung up the freelance illustration, sort of moved over to the publishing side, more of the business side of things. Uh, started a company called Ape Entertainment with a couple of partners and ran that for six or seven years uh, and then sold my interest in that and came to IDW. Wow. Uh, sounds like quite a journey. What what drove you to seeing Ape as an opportunity rather than like the full time illustration thing that first pulled you in? Uh, well, to be honest, I uh, I I was seeing how my work was um, making a lot of money for a lot of other people and not so much for me, and I realized that being on the freelance side of that equation while potentially really lucrative, you know, once you become the Adam Hughes of the world, um, (laughs) you know, maybe I wasn't going to be that. Mm. And, um, maybe it was smarter for me to sort of focus a little bit more of my attention on the business aspects of, of, you know, that type of job or that type of work. 
So it really was sort of a, uh, it was me sort of informing myself about the business practices and becoming a true professional in, in every sense of the word. But as I did that, I started to realize um, that there were other things that I wanted to do, uh, not just draw. And so, and I took pleasure creatively and like in other ways in doing more of the business aspects of things. And um, so, yeah, so I just sort of, Ape Entertainment was initially conceived as a, uh, as a clearinghouse for my ideas and things that I just wanted to do and draw an IP that I wanted to own myself. Yeah. Uh, and it just ended up growing into something different. Um, just, just as it happens. Yeah. You know? As all businesses tend to morph a little bit to yeah, adjust and, to their market. And as we sort of, you know, sort of, we, we sort of narrowed in on a, a specific space in my time there where we were lo- really looking at the kids, uh, comic book market and seeing like nice. it was at the time was really underserved, I think. And so, you know, we were doing strawberry shortcake comic books and Sesame street comic books and Shrek yeah. and Penguins Madagascar. And, wow. um, and we were doing, you know, we were really successful to that stuff. We did really well with all of those, uh, books. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I just learned, uh, to take my, uh, joy in a lot of different ways from creating comics. Just the fact that I was in the comic, just doing comic books yeah. was enough for me in a lot of ways. And the more I learned about all the different aspects of comic books, the more I sort of enjoyed the entire, the experience as a whole. Um, and I was always of a mind that like it wasn't, I shouldn't just know how to pencil and I shouldn't just know how to ink and I shouldn't just know how to color and I shouldn't just know how to letter. And then, Oh, I shouldn't just know about the print process <laughs> and the publishing process and the, Oh, working with diamond. And what does it mean? So you just keep sort of like adding layers to your experience and learning more and more. And I sort of, I think one of the common things that you'll find in a lot of professional comic book, uh, people is that they have sort of an insatiable hunger to know more, to know everything about this wonderful creative medium that we have, you know, it's, it's an art form, but there's so many different angles, so many different approaches to it. And I think, um, the people that succeed the most, I think are those that are the hungriest to learn, you know, about it, you know, just like know everything about it. Um, you're, you're speaking right to my soul, uh, right now. Cause that's, that's how I feel. I, I go into a comic shop, I intern at a publisher and I've done a, a working on a series right now where I doing everything on the comic. I'm the writer, yeah. all the art lettering, everything. And so, yeah, I can, I would totally be like falling in love with how to do the printing process, working with diamond, all that other yeah. stuff too. I'm just yeah. moving deeper into it. Yep. The experience is the, is the greatest teacher uh, when it comes to comics in my, in my opinion. I, I, I think that the idea of God given talent, uh, is kind of BS. I, Thank I, you. I don't necessarily, uh, believe in that. What I no. believe in is that you have, for whatever reason, you do have a love for a thing and that love kind of creates this talent, this God given talent. But really all it is, is you love a thing and you spend a lot of time doing that thing <laughs> because you love it. And once you spend a lot of time doing a thing, you gen- you tend to get good at it. Now there are exceptions to that rule. <laughs> For sure, right. on both sides of the spectrum, right? But but um, but I think in general, you know, overall, the normal experience is is exactly that. You just tend to get better because you do it, and the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, your your experience with uh, kind of going and and founding Ape uh, kind of reminds me of like the image. Uh, just the foundation of the origin story of like imagery. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I want more control. Yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> the poor, the very poor man's version of that. I, think. <laughs> uh, I mean, we did well, but you know, nothing was, yeah, I wasn't getting on. I don't think ape entertainment was getting on too many people's radar. I think we did really good work. I'm really proud of some of the work that we did there, but yeah, it's not, it wasn't image. Ape didn't do uh, any Rob Liefeld, uh, Levi's commercials. No, but, but uh, I celebrate Rob Liefeld, and that is one of the reasons why. Uh, so, what um, origin of you now working at IEW? Where where was the spark uh, that transitioned you over here? Uh, I was just having uh, ongoing conversations with uh, the then owner of the company, Ted Adams, um, and CEO, uh, 
now former CEO, and uh, we just got along really well. I think we had a lot of similar tastes, and we saw a lot of the same uh, things happening in the industry, and he offered me a position, and I it was a great offer, and I didn't want to pass it up. I, Ted, uh, Ted Adams is probably... Uh, and I don't know hyperbole. One of the smartest guys I've I've ever met is, and and so uh, along the lines of just like wanting to learn, like having conversations with Ted has always been incredibly informative. And I the opportunity to work with him directly and sort of like learn what he knows uh, was a gr- just a great opportunity for me. And I just didn't want to pass it up. I just really was interested in in working with him just and learning from him and i've and i have grown uh a ton uh in the last few years that i've been that i've been at idw and i and i attribute a lot of that to ted for sure he's a great great teacher that's wow that's really exciting uh i i love the the joy of like seeing that like opportunity and just taking it that's amazing man i'm glad you had that opportunity yeah i'm very grateful uh when so uh, first position here was managing editor for those listening, can you kind of walk us through like the job description basics and like what the what's the idea of like what's the difference between an editor and a managing editor? There's not really a lot at, here at IDW. Um, you know, everybody's even the um, executive level positions. We're all boots on the ground working executives. So like I'm editing books right now. You know, I'm working on a book with Tom Scioli, uh, the GoBots project, uh, which launches in November. And so, you know, I'm editing books alongside everybody else and that's not the only book I'm working on. Um, so, you know, additional tasks were sort of just as the job describes managing the editorial staff. Um, a lot of what I ended up doing, uh, in the early days was also sort of handling special projects or bigger projects. So, Around the time I came on board, uh, we had picked up the Skylanders license, and um, we put together a really aggressive publishing schedule and publishing plan for that project, and uh, and we were able to execute. and And it took you know it took somebody sort of like having to dedicate quite a bit of time and energy to just that one particular project. Um, and so that ended up being something that in the first two years, that type of work. Uh, in addition to sort of a regular workload of, of managing books, I, I sort of got these a couple of big special projects that I was lucky enough to get to manage, uh, work on. And then, yeah, just like sort of bureaucratic, like management level type stuff, you know, sitting in a lot of meetings and, and handling a lot of pushing a lot of paperwork. Uh, it's the stuff that, uh, I think a lot of artists can appreciate that they don't want to have to do or creatives that, uh, and a publisher is, can help really drive, uh, success of an artist because they can focus on their task. You focus on your task. Everyone kind of has their, their job that they specialize in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so when you, you were managing editor for several years and then editor in chief, that's always a big title. Uh, when you look at that, that's a, that's a huge step up. What, um, what was the job like then? Um, it was, it was an interesting time. Um, you know, we were going through a lot of transition, uh, during my time as editor in chief. Um, um, we didn't realize all the things that I would have liked to during that time. Um, but I was really grateful for the opportunity and, uh, I feel like we did accomplish a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, a lot of business side type stuff, kind of boring to talk about. Like, uh, we did a restructure and reorganization of the editorial department, um, brought in editorial assistant level positions. Um, and then on the creative side, we did some fun stuff. We got to do the Hasbro universe, you know, we'd sort of mashed up the Hasbro universe and revolution, revolution and yeah. first strike. And so we got to do some stuff there. We, that's pretty we, exciting. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and we reinvigorated the Larry Hama's G.I. Joe line, you know, gave him sort of some uh, new toys to play with, which uh, worked out really well. Um, and, you know, brought in some of the stuff that I'm really happy about and proud of. You know, we brought, got the Star Wars Adventures line up and running. Um, we launched the Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, you know, comic book line. Um, so had some big, you know, big new big initiatives. Deal. Big new initiatives during that during that uh, time. My brief time as editor in chief. 
Wow. Uh, so now your your title here and job is associate publisher. Descri- like I, this is where my knowledge kind of ends <laughs> with editorial. Yeah, it's really um, it's really just more business side stuff. I've I've moved over probably even more so to like just um, business. Uh, and again, probably way boring, like way more fun to talk about Tom Scioli's GoBots than it is to talk about what my day to day looks like. But, you know, uh, tackling new initiatives, finding new IP to develop, uh, working with creative talent to make sure that we've got fair deals in place, you know, to do when we're doing like creator owned books, working with the editorial team to, you know, make sure that they're supported properly, uh, handling across interdepartment conversations you know like make sure sharing marketing's up to speed on what editorial is working on make sure the production team has what they need make sure the printers are it's just a lot of really business side boring stuff i will stop there (laughs) for those at home that can't see there are piles and piles of paperwork to the ceiling they're about to become self-aware and morph into a golem that will attack anyone that comes by his office come on man it's not that bad (laughs) it is not there's just a few stacks uh so that's it's pretty exciting though i mean a lot of movement inside the company and a lot of different positions I feel like you're getting that uh, wanting to experience a knowledge side, like you've transitioning a lot through and learning a lot. Do you feel like you're kind of doing that, scratching that uh, knowledge itch? Yeah, there's still a lot more that I want to know. I, I feel like I'm, what could possibly more could there be? <laughs> uh, there's always something new. Um, I yeah, I'm really I'm I'm very I feel very fortunate and uh, very blessed to have all the opportunities that I've been given here at IDW. I, I am really uh, grateful to the company for uh, the opportunities that maybe they've given me. And I like to think that I have rewarded the company with, um, with my efforts and, and my hard work. Um, and I, I think that's probably the case. It sounds like it. That I seem to be, um, you know, moving up the ranks, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, I, there's always more though. And I, I have a ton of things that I still on a day to day basis, like I got to, figure that out i want to know what that is like and there's always comic books are such a fluid medium you know we it's a a new product every single month right like we're 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 literally recreating the company every single month and so you know something that's working six months ago doesn't work at all now right and so so interesting yeah i know what you mean just that constant innovation that constant move forward that constant forward looking is um keeps the job really fun fresh and exciting and keeps you know that that f- keeps feeding the the beast, you know, in terms of like, oh, what what, what can we do today? What, what crazy thing can we get into? What can we find out about? You know, um, that I think that's one of the reasons why comics. I love comics so much is because it is just such a, you know, fast paced, you know, quick moving medium, and and you know, we're trying to not only hit the tastes of what the culture is asking for in the moment, but projecting out, you know, what is it going to look like 12 months from now and what are people going to want, you know, and how are they going to be consuming, you know, media. And so thinking about those things on a, it's always changing. It's ever changing. It's never, yep. I mean, Netflix didn't exist, you know, five five years ago, you know, and now everyone, the the way that a lot of people consume their media is they binge watch it, you know, Or binge read or... Or binge read it or, yeah. or whatever, you know, and that, that was not even, that wasn't even a thing two years ago, you know, yeah. um, at least not in the way it is today. No, it's so, completely changed. So it's cool to see that. And then you see amazing stuff like, you know, Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants or Dogman, or you see Raina Tagelmeier's work. Yeah. And you see that just taking over, you know, publishing, all of publishing, you know, it's, those are comic books. Yeah, smile. Flat out Huge. comic books. Like, don't tell Love me that that anything else. And and they're great works, but look how what like every ten year old girl in the country has a copy of Smile in her hand. I go to the beach, and they they're all reading those those books, and it's, it's so cool to see that, right? So yeah, amazing to see that. And so, how do we continue to like? Okay, that audience is out there. How do we reach out to them? What do they want? You know, what can we give them? And and how do we reach to, out to them? What kind of stories are they interested in? So. That's con- it's constant. It's never changing. And, and so there's, if you, if you're in this business and you want to sit back on your haunches and relax <laughs> and, and, and ride on, you know, coast on whatever, you know, you're doing in the moment, you're not going to be around long because <laughs> that's not how this works. Got to stay on your toes. Yeah. Uh, for those, I want to shift the discussion to, uh, kind of breaking in for writers, artists, 
you and I had a, a fun uh, interaction. The first time we met was at a portfolio review for IAW. And, and that was very fun. Is that um, one of the main tools that you use to finding new uh, talent or what kind of, because I mean, not necessarily new talent, but like how, how does IW look for kind of new creatives to work with? Um, yeah, that's a good question. It's a variety of different angles. Everybody's approach is a little bit different. And, um, you know, the good news is that it's the editor's job to be on top of like, you know, who's being who's relevant and who's interesting and who's new and who's fresh. Um, that's absolutely a big part of our job. So it comes at me in particular, specifically at all different angles. Like I might get an email PDF from somebody that blows me away. Um, you know, and they just send it to me directly cold, you know, or I get, um, an agent contacts me and says, we have this, you know, this artist available. And like, what do you think? Um, I'm, you know, I used to I used to cruise DeviantArt pages, you know, just to <laughs> yeah. like see what was going on there. Now it's Instagram, you know. Um, and I think you just kind of the nice thing about working at a company like IDW is we get to work with a lot of really talented people who are established in the industry and who are professionals, and they know a lot of people and they know the people that are up and coming. I have conversations, uh, you know, over email with uh, Ulysses Fairness as an example. And, and okay, that's awesome. Ulysses is doing, um, new lieutenants of metal over at image right now. And I think he's just one of the most creative guys in the, in the medium right now. He's just, just a great talent for a variety of different reasons. And, and he, he will send me stuff from people sometimes. And I have never even once heard of these people and they're fully formed amazing <laughs> talents. And so, you know, you just, it's, it's, sometimes it's just knowing the right people who know those who are plugged in, in a way like Ulysses is, you know, just, um, having, having those people help basically for lack of a better word. Well, that totally makes sense. Uh, artists, it seems like the, the go-to thing right now is exactly what you said. Instagram, uh, going to this portfolio reviews, getting lucky in front of a friend, just getting your eyes on work. What's your best recommendation for writers uh, breaking in? Yeah, that's always the tough one. Um, yeah, it's very tough. Yeah, I, I you know, I, and I don't, I don't want to encourage people to go out and spend a bunch of money, but I do think that investing there, there, there's, you can go, to, you can take a thousand dollars and you can go to Vegas and you can gamble it away, and maybe you hit it big, maybe you make a bunch of money, and maybe you lose it all, right? Yeah. Um, or you can take a thousand dollars and you can invest it in yourself and, and you can take, you, you can, you can write something and hire an artist who is of quality, right? Yeah. And hire a colorist who is of quality and hire a letterer who is of quality and you can produce five to 10 pages of a thing of a really high quality that you've written and you can send that out into the world and you can gamble that way. And maybe you hit it big, and maybe nothing comes of it, but there you go, right? I like I, those odds a hell of a lot better. Well, I just like the idea that I'm investing in my. I have a better. I have more control over that. I yeah. have. I, it is me, right? Like I, I'm spending that money in a way that that makes sense for my what I want to eventually do. Um, so, so outside of that, you know, uh, it is really tough. Like you have to be established. Uh, it really helps to be established in any medium. It doesn't have to be comic books, but you know, I'm talking to a, a gentleman who's a prose writer, uh, from Australia right now. I love his work and he's never written comic books before, but I love his work. And, and I want to figure out a way to see if there, you know, if there's a comic book we can do together. Nice. Um, so there's a variety of different ways to break in. Um, that cold getting getting editor to find the time to read that cold pitch is a really difficult uh, thing to do. You have to sort of create a relationship, establish a relationship, and, and gain some trust uh, that the time that the editor is going to spend is going to be worth their time, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and and one of the very few uh, ways to break through that I think is by making a comic book, basically. And I don't even necessarily think it has to be a full comic book. It's just got to be a comic book. That's, that's definitely a good recommendation for the even the short one because most people kind of get around eventually saying the best way to get into comics and to be found 
to do comics that someone wants to hire you for a comic it's just make a comic it's yeah. pretty simple uh equation so that seems to be a consistent thing that a lot of people say but haven't anyone specifically call out just doing a short six eight however many pages just i mean you just need something to get 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 people's attention right yeah just some, and, and some I, storytelling. you don't need more than five pages to get get it if you can't get my attention in five pages i'm probably not interested anyway that's a good really good I, point i mean how many pages do you have if you're on the if you're sitting on the comic book shelf four and a cover yeah, yeah. If I if I browse by and I flip if, through, if yeah. I see something on the if I see something on the uh, uh, if I go to my the comic shop, I see a cool cover. It's something I don't know, right? I'll pick it up. I'll flip to the first page, read it. Okay, maybe next two three pages. If by page four you don't have me hooked, I'm not spending more time. I'm I'm done. I'm out. I you you either got me or you didn't. I you have my four dollars. You don't. You got four pages to f- figure it out. You know to 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 grab me. So why would it be any different? When you're pitching to an editor, you get four pages, figure it out. I think that's amazing advice. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's really good. Uh, for IDW, what's coming out? What's hot? What's new? What are some things you want to plug? Plug, plug. Um, yeah. So I, I, like I said, Tom Scioli's, uh, doing, doing a book with us called go bots, which nice. is, <laughs> Um, and if you know anything about Tom Scioli's work, um, you know, he, he's the artist for Godland. Um, he's worked on books like American Barbarian. He did Transformers versus GI Joe with us a few years ago. And I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, GoBots, he's wrapping up issue three, issue one comes out in November. He's wrapping up issue three. And I am, as a fan of his work, who's somebody who's read a lot of his stuff, I really do feel like this might be the best stuff he's ever done. And I, Dang. And, I'm, and I'm blown away by the fact that Hasbro um, has allowed us to, has allowed Tom to uh, play in the sandbox in this GoBot sandbox the way that he's being allowed to. Not that he's doing. Is he pushing uh, it? He's going kind of crazy. Not that he's doing. Not that he's doing anything that I think GoBots fans, if they're out there, I don't like. I think there's probably people out there that that have some real nostalgia around GoBots, um, and I think that those people are going to really enjoy this piece. But he's really creating something like. I hope this is not hyperbole. Like I, I feel like this is Eisner level work that he's putting together. Um, he's doing. He's doing work where. On the surface, it's a fun slam bang action piece, but there is some subcontext and and some layering that is just um, exquisitely done. Uh, it's it's almost the way he's laying panels out and the way he's telling this story. It's just got a it's just got an almost hypnotic effect in how it it, it is um, just it's just mesmerizing. Um, and I'm just blown away by the, by what he's doing. I, I, if you're, if you're not a, f- a fan of GoBots, if you've never been a fan of Tom Scioli, I still think that this book is something that people, sh- you should give a try, um, and pick it up and take a look at it. Cause it's like nothing. Uh, I think it's the best work Tom's I've ever seen from Tom. And that's saying something, uh, from, from, from me. I, I'm a real big fan of his work. I, I am, I'm getting to work with him on this book. Um, mostly I just sit on the sidelines and cheerlead and go, wow. Um, <laughs> My know. job is to say, holy shit, you yeah. did, you killed it on yeah, this page. Like really just like, you know, I think I've said gorgeous or love it, you know, just more <laughs> than anything else that I've contributed. Um, but it's just, so I'm just, I'm totally enamored with that, with that project right now. And I'm so glad uh, and grateful to Hasbro for allowing us to, to, to do it in the way that Tom's doing it. Um, and, you know, I think that trust was gained through our long relationship with Hasbro, yeah, but, long also, relationship. but also the way Tom handled Transformers versus GI Joe. I think everybody was really pleased with how that came out. And, and, and Tom, Transformers GI Joe was kind of this crazy, nutty off the wall thing. And GoBots is, um, is that too, but in a way that I think is, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just an incredible piece. So, 
probably talk too much about that. Um, no, no, I I love the excitement. I'm getting like chills just listening to you talking yeah, about it. Cool, like like we we brought in like Ben Mara to do a cool cover, and Dash Shaw is doing some covers for Ooh. us. Uh, Jim Ruggs coming in, um, and so we've got a bunch of like really cool like cutting edge guys so doing awesome. covers for Tom on the project, uh, and Tom's obviously doing covers as well. So just the whole piece, the whole package uh, is going to be, I think, really fun, and I really hope people just give that one a look. Um, obviously, the big Marvel thing uh, that also launches in November. We're doing the mid grade reader uh, Marvel initiative, so we're launching with Spider Man. That's um, I mean, who doesn't want to be working on Spider Man? Yeah, uh, got into IDW to work on Spidey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know Delilah Dawson is is writing the piece, and the the, the pitch and plot that she's put together is great. Um, she is an incredible talent, um, and I'm so glad that we're getting to work with her on this one fika osio is the uh artist for revolution and he's worked on a bunch of other projects with me and other people here at idw oh cool and he's sort of a a guy that we've been developing for several years now and um i think his work on spidey is some of the best stuff he's done um he's perfect for that book uh he's got a joy in his heart that shows up on the page uh and spider-man's perfect for that yeah but Spidey wears his love on the sleeve most sure of the time. And, and, on uh, his web shooters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Fico is really, so he's just like the right artist for that. You know, he's got that joy uh, that it, and he's bringing it to the pages. Um, so that's great. Um, Avengers launches in December and then January we're going to be doing a Black Panther uh, uh, ongoing. So What publisher am I at? This is so exciting. Like we're going from GoBots to, to Avengers. Like you guys are handling everything. I feel like you're the, the honestly, like the licensed capital of comics in the best way that they're like i'm tuned in like whatever it is like for me turtles all the way and yeah and you know how are you getting the creator to to do work for hire (laughs) just like yes more eastman (laughs) i know i I, we're really you know i all credit to the and me not being part of it as much or creating credit myself but the editorial team here is there it's it's a really experienced staff uh they really know their stuff and we really care about that like we're fans too right yeah. like i'm a you huge, can tell i'm a huge fan of larry hama's gi joe like that i, I love that. that that was one of the reasons like one silent the silent interlude is one of the reasons why i'm in comic books today you know <laughs> so the fact that i get to have any involvement in larry hama's gi joe like Oh my God! Like, of course I'm amazed. Like, David, stoked. Yeah, David Marinette's like the biggest Sonic the Hedgehog fan on the planet, and he's editing the book. So you know, how could we, you not be happy every day you wake up? You're like, Sonic. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah. So I think <laughs> Go I Joe. think that I think that love of these properties, um, hopefully, shines 100%. through, and I hope that that's why we're being allowed to do some of the things that we get to do because licensors and other people see how much we respect and appreciate and love you know this stuff like huge star trek fans around here right oh my god let's not even get started there i was at the con uh (laughs) i got to go to the table i got to do some shopping there uh yeah love love your guys's work on star trek so yeah we had we had uh we had michael dorn come visit uh, okay Uh, those that play uh, don't know that that's who played wharf right and uh and just you know, I could barely. How, wait, sit how do you got Michael? <laughs> yeah, no, just sitting across the table from me. And no I big deal. Barely, I could barely stay in my seat. I was so excited. Yeah, so, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and but I think that that and, and and I wasn't the only one. Like everybody on the editorial team that was in the room, you know, was like, you know, we're all just like freaking out. It's like, oh my god, Worf's sitting here. We're talking to Worf. Why? Why? How did this happen? Uh, but that love, I think, really comes through in the stuff we do. And I, th- I think that's why we get to do some of the stuff that we're doing and why we're such a big uh, house for all these disparate you know, licenses and properties. I, I love it. And I feel like you guys are growing and growing and growing every time I take a, a look at the shelf. Uh, so um, pretty much wraps up the, the, uh, my questions for today. But um, where can the good people find you if they want you, if you were looking for followers or people find you on social media me yeah why not uh, or do you want to just pl- push media. them all towards the the comic shelf social media is awful um <laughs> i mostly no comment <laughs> uh 
I'm so busy making comic books. I don't. I don't have a lot of time for that stuff. Uh, Best you know, way to find your work. IDWpublishing.com is, is great. Um, I, I think that's the that's the place to find out everything that we're doing. Um, I think if you follow us on Twitter, um, you can follow at IDWpublishing. Um, uh, same with Instagram. I don't actually know the link for that. So that's okay. Probably. Uh, I gotta assume it's not that hard to find us. Yeah, I'm guessing at least uh, three letters that I can think of to type in. And uh, it, you know, it, if you want to see whatever nonsense I'm tweeting or retweeting, um, I'm at David Hedgecock. But uh, there you go. It's not. It's uh, ID at IDW Publishing is probably the the funner, more robust version of things. I love it. Uh, and the last question we always ask our interviewees is, uh, why do you love comics? Oh God. Yep. That's the face. It's like, uh, why do I love comic books? Um, I, I, I just have a, a real deep appreciation for the art form form. I love that. I love the things that you can do, the stories that you can tell in comic books in a way that you can't necessarily do in other mediums. Um, I love the idea that you can sit down by yourself and create something and, and that's all it takes. It just takes you, you know? Um, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, and that's for any, you know, I, I just this past weekend, my eight year old son and I took some pieces of paper, folded them half, stapled one side no and started way. drawing comic, drawing, drawing, making our own comic books. Right. And so by, at, you know, after a couple hours, we both had cool little comic books that were made and there you go. Done. Nobody told us that we couldn't do it. No, we didn't need anybody else. We just yes. sat down and did our, did our own little thing. And I think that's one of the cool things <laughs> about comic books. Um, I, 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 one of my biggest influences, uh, as I was sort of going into high school, uh, was a guy named Drew Hayes. And Drew, Drew. Drew did a comic book called Poison Elves. Uh, and he self-published like the first 20 issues. Love the title. I'm already hooked. Uh, it's, it's a great, it's like rockabilly, like elves. Like I, I can't do it justice, but it was an amazing piece. Um, and Drew did the first 20 issues, self-published them, and then he did another, like, 80 issues with, um... Oh, God. Uh, 20 issues self-published, and did you say 80? Yeah, he did another 80 issues with, uh, with another publisher, and I'm... So 100 <laughs> issues of this comic? I've never even heard of it. It's, it's, I loved it, but one of the things I loved the most about it... I love the story. I love the, char- the lead character. His name was Lucifer. Um... But the, one of the great things about the first 20 issues or so was he had this starting note. And the beginning of every – so beginning of every issue, he just basically laid out like the trials and tribulations and struggles of what he had to go through to get that issue done and get it printed and get it out into the world for people to see. What? It was great. It was just like this – Before the like, issue or at the – in the back matter? It, 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 before the issue even starts, inside front cover is a starting note. And oh, just like, a, just like this cool like – Here's behind the takes. scenes. Here's here's how much uh, you know, I'm. Here's what I'm doing to get my voice out into the world. Oh and my just God. like seeing those and reading those, it was like, oh yeah, it's yeah. All it takes is desire and you know hard work, and you can do this. You don't need anybody else. You can do this thing. And I just love that about the medium, like that you can just kind of you can as a singular voice or not um, as a singular voice, you can go out and create something. But then on the flip side, the other thing that's amazing is that you don't have to do it that way if you don't want to. Yeah. You can get with a team and create something, you know, and it's an entirely new, you know, thing that you've done, right? It's a collaborative effort and uh, a lot of different voices are involved, but you're all working, striving towards the same, telling the same great story. Um, and there's something charming about comics in that way. Uh, there's something I love about that. That's this is always the my favorite part of the interviews. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, David. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming down. Yeah. everybody welcome back thank you again so much for david hedgecock for taking the time to do that interview with us a lot of insight into the industry and his history in comics uh but now we've got some some ads for you jason what's happening 
Oh man, Kent, we're uh, we're we're hearing once again from Panel by Panel Magazine. I'm sure you've heard of them before. Uh, they are a favorite of this podcast. That is for dang sure. Um, Panel by Panel is your monthly source for all things comics and craft. Uh, it is, I think, just the the best wealth of comics knowledge available to the world in this present day. Um, you've got interviews with some of the top creators in comics. You've got conversations between one creator and another. Uh, you've got analysis of some of the best comics out there by some of the brightest minds in comics criticism and comics analysis. Um, they're uh, panel by panel number 18, uh, which is the most recent issue, is the year in review for 2018. Um, it's, uh, That's good this, timing. It's great timing, right? Um, it's, it's basically just looking at some of the best comics, uh, of the year, as well as some of the highlights from panel by panel itself. Um, so it's, it's a great issue to look at. And I think honestly, it could be a great introductory, uh, introductory issue. If you've never read a, a, an issue of panel by panel before, it can kind of show you some of the highlights and some of the things you've been missing from this last year. Um, but if you head on over to panelxpanel.com. Uh, you can grab an issue or sign up for a subscription if you'd like. Um, and make sure you uh, follow them on Twitter, at PanelXPanel. Uh, Kent, what you got for me? Awesome. Uh, so I've got a comic. It's called Scariest and Screamforth. I am the writer and artist on the comic. You can go to scariestandscreamforth.com to check it out. It's a free comic about three kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a mystery. It's a spooky, cute story. Uh, monsters, Inc. meets Stranger Things. Uh, so if you kind of like that vibe, you should go check it out. Uh, young adult story. It's meant to be just a good time little mystery story for you. So hope you enjoy it. It's a free comic. Go read it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Jason, uh, I love this podcast. It's a great <laughs> podcast. It's my but, favorite uh, podcast. <laughs> no ego there. I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's, we also have a, a sister podcast that you do, The Savage Land. Why don't you tell everybody about Savage Land? Yeah, the Savage Land. Uh, it's it's kind of my it's kind of my spot for just like freeform fun talking about geek stuff. Um, if you look on the Savage Land feed, the most recent episodes are uh, just me and a, a kind of rotating panel of friends talking about some of the latest movies, uh, particularly comic book adaptations. Uh, so you'll find episodes in there about Aquaman, about Spider Verse, about Bumblebee, about Venom. Um, just kind of me and some geeky friends geeking out over some fun stuff. Um, this this podcast uh, has been going since 2014, since the ripe old year of 2014, um, and it's it's definitely changed shape and form over the course of that time. But the one thing that has remained consistent is that it's uh, always been a, a friendly conversation between some geeky people. Um, and so, if you just want to kick back, relax, and listen to some people talk about some fun stuff, then uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time. You can head on over to SavageLandPodcast.com. Uh, to hear more, um, or you can uh, subscribe via iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever you uh, listen to your podcast from. And especially for listeners to the Comic Workshop, if you're enjoying myself, Kent, and Jason here co-hosting this podcast, <laughs> I got to be a guest on some of the latest episodes, so go on over there and check it out if you're enjoying me. If not, well, then here's a chance for you to not listen to me with some Savage Light <laughs> episodes that don't feature me. <laughs> Absolutely. There's 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 uh there's something for everybody in there. Uh Exactly. Now Kent, we've we've got uh one of these ad spots is going to be devoted to one of our very listeners uh in the let's see two episodes from now. In episode 113 of this podcast, one of these ad spots is going to be devoted to you. Uh Kent, tell them more about that. All righty. So, listeners, you've been hearing it a bit through all this first season of Combo Workshop, but coming up in the final episode or two of this season of Comic Workshop, we're going to be having a listener who has their own comic doing an ad for us. So if you want that, there's still a chance, there's still an opportunity to send us a 30-second, no more than 30-second ad clip for your comic. It'd be definitely good to mention the name, uh, a place to read it. We hope that you would include one that is uh, one that's easily accessible, uh, whether to buy it or to read it online right now. Uh, but if you've got a comic that you make yourself, that you're one of the creative uh, team, part of the creative team on, uh, now's a chance to get a free ad for it. But we're picking one, uh, best one, best comic, best ad gets the spot. Uh, maybe we'll do it next year. We're not 100% sure if we're going to continue to do it, but we're definitely doing it this first season uh, of Comic Workshop and free ad coming at you 
in the next couple episodes. Yeah, so, we've, uh, submit we've, uh, it at uh, what's the what's the email address they should email it at? That yeah, is we've we've gotten a, a few sub- we've gotten a few submissions uh, uh, so far. Um, the the best email to to send it to is letters at tmbcworkshop.com. Um, just make sure it's thirty seconds audio. Make sure you plug yourself well. Um, and give people kind of a, a taste of what they can uh, find in the comic. You know how advertisements and teasers work. You know, you know the drill. Um, but yeah, we uh, we definitely want to you know sort of help help uh, uh, you know what what do they call it? indie signal comics boost. creators? Yeah, we want to we want to signal boost um, some of the creators out there listening to this show, and uh, you know just give them give them a bit more of a spotlight and uh, help people find them. Um, especially for the, you know, this is really for the people who have, who have gone down the long and treacherous road of actually completing a comic. Um, you know, once, once you've completed there, we want to kind of help somebody, uh, get some more exposure for that project that's, uh, undoubtedly took so much time. So letters at tmbcworkshop.com is where you can send that audio file. Speaking of creators who went down the long and treacherous road of making their own comic, our next guest, Alex Wills, did just that. He created the series Oasis, which now has eight issues available in print and on Comixology. Uh, Getting your comic across the finish line is probably the toughest part of the creation process, so it's invaluable to hear from somebody who uh, has done just that in today's landscape. So without further ado, here's our interview with Alex Wills. TMBC Workshop, we are here at uh, WonderCon with Alex Wills, who is the uh, writer and creator of Oasis. Uh, it's a self-published comic that you can find at oasiscomicbook.com. Uh, uh, Alex, the first question I wanted to ask you is, um, what was sort of the, the process for you on creating Oasis? Like, where, where did this come from, and how long was it sort of gestating in you before you uh, set about getting it made? Um, so... The process of this started actually as an idea of a one-off really short comic about a bunch of people doing a heist in a cyberpunk setting. And then I started sort of designing the characters and thinking of their backstories, and I basically fell in love with all of them. And I uh, realized their backstories could be single issues on their own. And so it just sort of expanded into this sort of, uh, you know, nine-issue miniseries. That's awesome. Uh, did you, how, I mean, how long did it take you to get all, all nine issues out and, and printed? I mean, it took me probably six months to a year to write the entire series, sort of with some gaps. After I started working with the artist, I'd say it took about a year and a half. He was really fast, and I sort of rewrote them as he did the art, because the art changed yeah. the story. Like, it gave me new ideas. We played off each other, sort of expanded a little, and yeah. Do you, uh, do you have, like, a, a set process for how you, you write these issues? I mean, are you, are you a very, like, process-oriented guy with, like, an outline and, and handwritten notes and then going to script, or what's your approach like? Um, it's sort of a mix. I do like writing outlines, yeah. but then once I'm writing the actual detailed script, if I have a better idea, I just I go with it. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've heard there's, like, the idea of the architect writer or the gardener. Yeah. I think I'm more the gardener variety, oh, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, what has been, uh, you know, in terms of your, your journey of learning how to write, what's been the most helpful uh, sort of tool, whether it's a book or, or somebody else's, you know, blog or whatever it is? Like, what's helped you the most in your writing, do you think? I mean, to be honest... I took a lot of creative. Uh, <clears throat> let me start again. Yeah, no, you're I fine. took a lot of creative writing courses in college, uh, and that helped a lot. I mean, I was just really into that. I also am um, an editor, and I went to film okay. school. So, in a way, like my schooling background already helped yeah. me with this. And That's then amazing. from there, I think really just like read a ton of comics, yeah. see what works in the stuff you love. Mm-hmm. I also read a lot of just random comics, and some of them are kind of bad, but. Yeah. That is instructive in its own way. You can see what works and what doesn't, and you know, yeah. just see what you like. So when you started uh, working with your artist and working over nine issues, what was like one or maybe a couple of like the biggest lessons you learned about you know, having now working with an artist in that collaboration process? I mean, I have maybe two lessons. One is sort of to let me think about how I would say it. Like, you want to be able to make sure that what you have on the page is like clear enough and you give them enough room I feel like when I started I was trying to cram so much into short spaces and it was just it was just too much and I sort of like chilled out and also they just I let the issues get longer (laughs) as I continued and and honestly it made all the difference I feel like everything was clearer I feel like his art had room to breathe it just made it a lot better so that's the first one just don't you know write the story the length it needs to be don't just try to like squish it 
Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and then the second thing I would say is go with the flow. Um, I approached it already like I wanted to do this, but it was clear as we went there were certain characters he liked drawing a lot. There were certain things he was really enjoying about the story, and I sort of tried to incorporate those more and more into the scripts because, you know, you want everyone to just be into it. So uh, definitely I, I would say collaborate with your artists. Don't say you're drawing it like this. You know, it's a give and take. It's a creative exactly. process. You, you lean into it exactly. Totally. Uh, did you? What was what was the sort of like uh, reason for you as you're coming up with the story? Was it always a comic in your head, or was there kind of a, a moment that you decided that it should be a comic? Um, this was specifically a comic from the beginning. Okay. I've been wanting to get into comics and trying to come up with something that would be short enough, which yeah. I didn't really do in the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nine issues uh, is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought it'd be a comic, and also yeah. because I love writing really out there genre stuff. Yeah. I mean, I could never make this as like a movie oh, so it would yeah, be insane so what's uh, so for, for a lot of people um, you know especially like they're making their comics and trying to get into being able to self-publish and you've obviously published nine issues I'm sure over the course of that there's been a lot of challenges that have come up that you didn't foresee or you know things that you've learned uh, what would be kind of your biggest advice to somebody who is about to or looking to publish self-publish a comic book um, if you're going to print your comic do like a page or two go to whoever you're going to print it with do a test print. Okay. That's the biggest. Because we, at the beginning, uh-huh. did the entire first issue with, uh, like, dot matrix patterns. Yeah. And then there was something weird about the printer we were working with. Ooh. It was coming out with, like, moray patterns. It was getting really oh, weird. Yeah. It became a whole thing. And we ended up bailing on that stylistically yeah. entirely. But it was a very time-consuming process, especially because we'd already done an entire issue that way. Yeah, absolutely. So if we'd done a test print, we would have saved ourselves a lot of time. <laughs> And in terms of just the investment of going to print, you know, let alone the cost of obviously finding your artists and stuff like that, but, you know, for, for like a nine-issue run or even your first issue, what, what would you say, if you were to even ballpark it, what's that investment typically like for somebody to look at to kind of keep as a goal? Um, so to do, uh, to print a thousand issues mm-hmm. of like a 32-page comic, mm-hmm. it's around a thousand dollars. Okay. Um, in terms of the art cost, it just depends on your artist, yeah, though, course, and that yeah, ranged yeah. like wildly when yeah. I was looking at artists, honestly. I'm sure, yeah. Um, That's cool. Did you stick with the same artist for the whole run? Yeah, yeah. Once we got into it, he was designing the world, the characters. I just wanted to do, you know, even the covers. I just wanted him to do everything so it's like his his signature, you know? Uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, Is he the co-creator on the book uh, or did he do it for work for hire? Uh, He did it work for hire. Just curious. And and so with you, you know, when you're looking for artists uh, to work with, you know, whether it's for hire or even co-creating, whatever it is, what what kind of places are you going to to find uh, artists? Um, so I did. I post on like digital webbing. Okay. There is uh, some Facebook groups that yeah. connect writers and artists now. That's helpful. I mean, and it depends. Like I'm comfortable working over email because I also have done other creative work as an editor where yeah. I emailed the producer and it was like a workflow I'm familiar with. Of course. But otherwise, like I would say places like this. There's a comic creator connection thing that happens at, oh, like, at the WonderCon yeah. and San Diego Comic Con and all those. Yeah. Like, if you want to find someone local to work yeah. with directly, then I would say just start networking. Okay. It's really key. Cool. And um, for, like, I guess for going forward in the future, um, and obviously even working on this, you know, you say you, you work as an editor, like, you have a day job, obviously, as most people do when they start uh, self-publishing comics. How do you balance this sort of workload? Do you have, like, a set kind of schedule or process that you're going through to balance this with your work? Um, so I have gaps. I work freelance, so I have gaps between my work when I do the yeah. bulk of my writing. Yeah. Um, when I was doing the art process, though, we were on different time zones, right? Yeah. So I would wake up in the morning early enough. Mm-hmm. He would have sent me a new page or, like, sketches or whatever. I yeah. would, like, write him an email back, mm-hmm. we'd, and then I would just, like, go to work, and then later maybe I'd get another thing, yeah. try to do it on my lunch break, <laughs> and then I'd go to sleep, and the next morning I'd just wake up with new pages again yeah. and just do it all over just again. So thing. I just sort of, like, incorporated into breaks in my day. Yeah. Um, in terms of writing, it's helpful to get into a schedule, but, I, you know, with a full day job, it could be hard. Yeah, know? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and are, are you looking to do more comic stuff uh, in the future going forward? Oh, yeah, totally. I actually have a 32-page one-shot I want to do that's a much, like, a sort of lighter, uh, kid-friendly fantasy yeah. comic. Um, just one and done. And uh, I'm looking for artists, so hit me up. Email hey, me. Please, yeah, uh, there you go. Any artists <laughs> out there who are looking for a writer to work with, uh, it's, let's see, uh, oasiscomicbook at gmail.com is that where they want to be right, yeah, there we go send me um, but yeah 
basically after that, I'm going to start pitching maybe to publishers. I have like a longer horror series oh, I nice. want to do. So I want to keep going with comics. I yeah. like, love this process. It's so fun. That's great. Yeah, send those uh, sequential examples to him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. sequentials are the best way to, to get it. Don't be sending pinups. Um, and for for like this book, have you found that, that having you know sort of this book in print has made it... Uh, easier to talk to whether it's you know editors or publishers or people like that and sort of introduce them to your work to, to maybe potentially pitch to them or I have you even tried that so far it has been helpful to uh-huh. a degree I've like approached people at panels with my work and I've oh, like yeah. dropped it off at various booths uh, I did get uh, like an email back from one of those so oh, cool. it does help to have it I think yeah, for absolutely. sure that's awesome. Um, and in terms of just advice for somebody who's like just starting to write that wants to get to where you are at right now, where you have a full comic that's printed and stuff, what do you think has been like the most helpful thing for you to get from point A to point B? I mean, in some way, it's just being self-motivated. It is yeah. a lot of work, and you've got to just be willing to like invest the time to get it done. Yeah. Um, but I would say, as a point of advice, I did start with a long series, and I like how it turned out. Uh-huh. But if you do one, maybe a one-off first, it'd be a, yeah. a better test case. <laughs> I would recommend that, honestly. Right. <laughs> um, and then, oh, go ahead. I, was, I think that's a great advice. Uh, when you uh, script out for... Obviously, every collaboration is different, even if you're changing one person. Uh, when you work with your artist, are you giving like a full script? Or are you making like super loose and an outline? Everybody likes to work differently. What's your take? Um, I write like crazy long scripts, to be honest. I describe the hell out of the panels, and then I write it. I, I use like Scrivener, so it has like a comic formatting guide. It sort of looks like a, a film script, also. Yeah. So it has the dialogue broken out for the letterer later and everything like that. Interesting. Um, but I like. I would describe the panels, and I especially describe, like, this is a key object that's going to come up later, so this needs to be, you know, make whatever. Yeah. But um, within that, I give a lot of flexibility. I'll talk to them, too, like, you could fit this in, it's cool. If not, it doesn't really matter, (laughs) but just think about that. Or, like, you know, it's sort of a conversational script. That's cool. (laughs) Um, And then to to finish off, uh, A, you know, let them know where they can find you online, you know, social media and stuff like that. And then the question we ask everybody who's on the show is, uh, why do you love comics? So first let them know where to find you, and then you can answer that question. You can find me at oasiscomicbook.com or else at Alex Wills Media uh, on Instagram, and that's uh, Wills spelled W-I-L-L-S. Awesome. And thank you so much to Alex Wills for giving such a fantastic and insightful interview. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for taking your time. Abso-freaking-lutely. Kent, do you have a recommended resource for us this week? Ooh, um, I don't even know if I do. Were you not prepared, uh, Kent? Well, I mean, it's not its not a resource I'm making you better, but it's the thing that's at the central of my, my thoughts and focus in this last week or two. Uh, it's the Chona Jump thing. Is that good? <laughs> no, that's weak sauce, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll recommend a resource. Uh, it's the YouTube channel Cartoonist Kayfabe. It's uh, a cartoonists uh, Ed Pisker, or Ed Piscor, sorry, uh, and Jim Rugg, uh, they are taking a deep dive into old issues of Wizard Magazine, of Comics Journal, um, and uh, also interviewing other creators. Um, it's a great resource for just like two cartoonists who themselves are enormous students of the medium, just kind of talking about some of the um, slightly more recent history of comics, you know, in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, um, or even, you know, mid 90s stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a great YouTube channel and they, they really go in the weeds on a lot of stuff. It's, it's really fun to watch. So check that out. Cartoonist kayfabe on YouTube. Awesome. I, I hadn't heard of that one. So that's news to me. Oh yeah, man. It's a great time. Um, want to thank Sean Rosner for providing all the music that you hear in this, uh, show each and every week. He's a great, wonderful dude. Uh, where can you find Sean Rosner online? Uh, check out his Instagram, rosner.art.music and, uh, his album, Burn Away, Defy the Night. It's, a uh, awesome. I've listened to it a million times. It's great. Hell yeah. Uh, we want to, uh, thank our patrons on Patreon. Uh, each one of these, uh, these patrons have, uh, pledged the $3 amount per month, which allows them to get a credit at the end of each episode. And those patrons and we are... we have some new patrons. We do have some new patrons. Uh, finally, we have a chance to credit them. Uh, in addition to our longest patron, Melody Mew, uh, we also have uh, Jordan Southoff, uh, Pat Scott, and Sharks with Jobs uh, Comics Group. 
Thank you to all four of those amazing patrons. We really appreciate you. Uh, your support means a ton to us, and we hope you are enjoying your exclusive content. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big help on making the show possible. Absolutely. Uh, we've also got some iTunes reviews, Kent. We've got a couple of new ones since the last time that uh, that we recorded. Um, the first one is called Good Stuff. It's from Sriggy. Uh, he left us a five-star review, and this review says, Discovered your podcast when searching Clip Studio. I like what you're doing, and I'm looking forward to growing as a creator with you guys. Thank you so much, Sriggy. Uh, we are looking forward to growing as a creator with you as well. Hope you are enjoying the content and hoping we are at least somewhat helpful in your journey. Awesome. Uh, there was one other as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is from IA Thomas 77 Just with a doctor ordered five-star review. Thank you so much. Uh, little note they have here was, This podcast is everything! Lots of exclamation points. Not only are the hosts amazing, plus they have great voices. Mm. Giant plus. But they also share stories and struggles as they work in the industry of comics. It is so informal and inspirational. So many tips and so much knowledge and advice. Always looking forward to the next episode. Thank you so much, IA Thomas 77 We really appreciate it. Stoked to get those interviews. And we're happy to read interview or reviews. Just to say interviews. <laughs> uh, we're happy to get reviews just like that uh, on the show. Uh, so if you could... Just post them on over at iTunes or pretty much are we doing it at any place that they can uh, listen to the show? I mean, yeah, the, the, the downside is a lot of the other podcast apps don't really have a, a great place for reviews. And so iTunes are the best ones to, to get more visibility. Um, I know Stitcher has a spot for reviews, but I, I don't really think too many people are using Stitcher anymore. If you are using Stitcher, uh, then then if you want to leave a review on there, just email us and let us know you did it so that we'll know it exists. Because uh, <laughs> I'll mean, be honest, there's only so much we can do. Yeah, and I don't check Stitcher very much. I mean, maybe I should, but it just does not. I don't see too many numbers coming from Stitcher, so I don't really pay too much attention to that that area but if you are still using stitcher and uh and you you like it and want to leave a review there please feel free and we will very much appreciate it just let us know you did it so we'll shout you out on the show Um, it's a good place to plug your comic if you weren't able to be selected for that one spot on the ad so as long as it's not a hateful review or whatever comment we'll read it on the show we don't care yeah if you got something to plug uh putting it in the review is a great place to do it um it's it's kind of a scratch scratch yo back scratch my back we scratch everyone's backs um, and it doesn't have to be a five-star review where we'll read anything as long yeah, as it's exactly not um exactly uh but uh yeah thank you thank you for those reviews thanks to our patrons uh kent where can they find you on social media oh well, thank you so much uh if you want to follow my art and some insight into the comics that i'm making uh at kent heidelman on instagram is the main place to find my my work and some cool social media stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that might be cool. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at a white kid. Um, on Twitter, I'll post just like random weird thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, on my Instagram, I'm usually posting artwork and, and uh, things of that nature, coloring experiments, things like that. Uh, yeah, those are those are the places you can find me as well as our website. Um, that might be cool dot com. Let's wrap things up with some last words from Alex Wills. Alex, why do you love comics? I think comics have an ability to tell non-realistic stories, and you can suspend your disbelief a little easier, I think. There's a way that you can do some more outlandish stuff, and uh, it just works. Uh, my favorite example is Preacher. It's oh, yeah. so over the top. It's so <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah. And yet, it's it actually has like a really interesting comment on like yeah. a lot of things yeah. and it works because you know within it's just I don't know somehow with it not being fully real uh-huh. it's able to do something and comment in a way that I think that just like live action stuff has trouble with yeah, comics absolutely. you can just go crazy with them yeah well awesome thank you so, thank you so much Alex yeah. actually I desperately want to ask okay. sorry one more follow up question back with Alex Wells <laughs> back, 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 back. We're, back. We're, we're back we're back breaking we're back. news breaking news uh, so I was curious uh, the printer that you chose what, uh, what was it did you change printers at all and would you recommend them I did change printers so the first uh-huh. printer I worked with I'm not going to like name them because I don't want to be a jerk, yeah, but they that's, actually that's messed nice. it up. This, uh, it's going to be hard to explain over this. So no, 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 there's get, two get in issues the and it flips. So there's issue one is one direction, then you flip it over and issue yeah. two starts on the back cover. They 
printed it and then they flipped the interior so that issue one opened on issue two. And they did it to the entire print run. And I was like, come on, guys, the proof wasn't like this. It was terrible. So then uh, that was a huge, huge pain in the ass. From there, someone I met at a different convention recommended I use TriVision. I definitely recommend you use them. Okay. Uh, they're like a Korean printing company. They have offices in LA, uh, in Koreatown, and uh, they were pretty inexpensive. They ship it to like a dock you can go pick it up at, and it's been great all the way through. That's awesome. Super on time, just a month turnaround. Their prices oh, wow. are good. Their printing is really nice. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah. Uh, I think they print IDW comics, oh, actually. Cool. Oh, and maybe Black cool. Mask also. Ooh, a little, little bonus info they, there. They do. I mean, I that, that is the one thing that did stand out to me, and I, I think it's just it's important with self-publishing and presentation because, like, these comics, the print quality is the same as, you know, any image book, IDW book, you know, whatever. Like, you know, personally, I think better than DC and Marvel because they sacrifice on their printing a lot but you know it, it it looks very very presentable whereas you find a lot of these uh self-published comic books sometimes there's just it's almost like that subconscious thing that like you look at it and like the quality's a little weird and so it almost devalues it a little bit whereas i feel like yours you know with oasis it could be sitting on a comic shelf next to you know saga or something like that and the print qualities you wouldn't notice a difference um and so yeah i think that recommendation of trivision is is a good one for anyone that, that wants to self-publish. That's awesome. Yeah, any, anything else? No, no, that was it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. That might be cool.com. You never know.